Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast, episode number 309 with Anton Thompson. How are you, Anton? I am doing great, Dale. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure, mate. I'm going really well now. I'm going to refer to you as Coach T because uh, that is what you are. You're a coach. You're an inspiration. And you've been doing this for over 30 years. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but as a coach of 30 years, how many lives do you think you've impacted uh, with your teens, preteens, kids? How many lives do you think you have changed or impacted in those 30 years? That's a great question, Dale. And to be honest with you, I never worry about how many because i think it's one of those things that uh i think it goes both ways i think how many lives how many of uh of them have impacted my life as a coach and made me a better coach is how i like to look at it and um i think when you think about trying to to document how many lives you change you'll lose sight of what you're doing i think so i just kind of just go head on and i love what i do and just by the interaction i think you know just by continuously doing it i think after 30 plus years i think i i'd like to think i've impacted a lot <laughs> i reckon you have very uh very selfless there that was a uh very good deflect from a time you could have complimented yourself there coach t and you you made it about other people <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you'll you'll appreciate this, Dale. You know where I get that from? My coaching idol and the man that I emulated all of my coaching style from was from the legendary Dean Smith. And the coach of served for coached 36 years at the University of North Carolina and coach Michael Jordan. He was always selfless, always talking. It's all about the players and developing young men and uh, young uh, boys into men and that's always been my vision and how he coached is just the epitome of what coaching should be 100 and i think uh when we're talking about coaching like not everyone's a don't they don't think they're a coach but deep down they are coach say because life is about coaching life's about building connections and uplifting each other and you know leaving them in a better place than what they started and essentially that's what coaching is um and it doesn't matter if this is life if it's a relationship if it's a family member a friend or at work um coaching is a skill that it's like sales like when you think about it we're all salespeople. we just don't know it some are better than others and essentially deep down we're all coaches because the same skill sets that, like you just said, with, uh, you know, your mentor with Jordan and so many other successful teams at uh, North Carolina, that these are skill sets that we are ingraining in young individuals, no matter where they are. So if people are out there, what's your advice on, you know, 30 plus years, you've obviously done it really well and continue to do it really well. What's the magic sauce? What's coaches team magic sauce to, you know, doing such a good job and continuing over so long? Three words, Dale. Uh, it's simplicity, effort, and attitude. Uh, we all know that sports and life can be complicated if you make it complicated. Yeah, we do. Uh, my approach is all, yeah, right. <laughs> and I always believe that if you keep things simple, it's so much easier to put forth the effort to be successful. And then the third part is the attitude. You got to have a positive attitude because your attitude will help you overcome any effort that you put forth. Your attitude will always help you overcome and define that simple goal that you want to achieve. So those are the three things that have really been the foundation for my coaching style for over 30 years. I, I love that because I think in life in general, we overcomplicate things. We make things harder than what they actually are. 
Um, and I, that's just something we do as human beings, I, I think. But the one I, I really like there is attitude. Now, it's easy to have a good attitude when you're feeling good, Coach T, but um, surely you're not up and about every day. You can empathize with, you know, everyone out there that uh, you have your bad days and things. How do you show up when you're not feeling that good? What, do you have something like a routine or something that gets you in the zone? I would actually use a sports analogy or sports experience to give you an idea of how you you, you push yourself to be better. Uh, I take a, a there's been times where it's coaching and it's been a game where we're down by 15, 20 points, and you call a timeout and you're talking to your team. What do most coaches want to do? They want to yell at their kids. We got to do this. We got to do that. Well, that's what they already know that. That's why we're losing, <laughs> right? So. If you use the right attitude and go, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're not doing exactly what we want to, but we have the ability to do it. And if you wake up every day knowing you have the ability to be successful, you'll put forth that effort to be successful. And that goes back to that simplistic and that simplicity uh, approach. Yeah, really true. And I, I like what you just said there that uh, I've noticed, uh, particularly in my life, I'm, I'm 38 years old, that the coaching styles, particularly in, in just all sports, not not just in America, but it, just everywhere, it's changed so much. You know, like it was, you know, coaches were there to yell and motivate, but that's not essentially what it is. And it's, it's exactly the same in the classroom or in a workplace. Like bosses aren't there to yell and, and try and motivate. It's about inspiring and building those relationships and talking to individuals that motivate. And we're all different. Um, how have you seen in obviously your 30 years of coaching, the styles change from, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, Coach T, that it's not now about, rah, 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 you've got to, you've got to get in their face and motivate them because essentially people are already motivated. You need to give them the skill set and the confidence to go and do that. And that comes back to building relationships and trust um, and having that connection. Um, have you seen a big shift in the last 30 years? Oh, 100%, Dale. It's unfortunate. And there's some different, there are a lot of different uh, aspects of why it's changed so much. Number one, I'll tell you, a lot of team sports are no longer team sports. It's all about individual. You ever notice how they don't talk about the team, they talk about one or two players yeah. that happen to be on the team, as opposed to talking about the team. Coaches now coach players that are on the team. They don't coach the team. Uh, and I witness this as a coach, coaching against other coaches. I watch how they coach. And I see talent on their team, but I see the coaches not utilizing the talent that they have because they're focusing on that one or two players. And now guess what happens? It changes the dynamics and the chemistry of that team because now those one or two players think it's about them. Now there's no camaraderie between them and their other their teammates. But it goes deeper than that, Dale. And the other part is the influence that parents now have in sports is what's really made a huge, significant change. I'm sure you'll understand what I'm about to say. <laughs> I'll probably do. <laughs> when when kids when kids play sports, there are always four components that are in play that are always a, going to be a factor in every sporting event, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport. Uh, the first thing is every player is out to please their parents. You know, they want their parents to be proud of them. Number two, they want to please their coach. And number three, if it's a team sport, they want to please their teammates, you know, because they want them to be successful. But the most important one, Dale, is they want to please themselves. And it's hard to put all those components in place and be successful in pleasing all those people when those other outside influences like parents don't just appreciate the effort that their put kids put forth. They always have to be the best at this. They always got to win. If you don't win, you stink. 
And that's not the truth. And that's where it goes back to what you were talking about, the importance of coaches, because our job is to motivate and make young people the best individuals they can be through sport. Because once their sporting lives are over, they got to be great contributors to uh, to society. Yeah, it's not just about on court. And these are, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've seen with parents over the years is particularly, you know, being a teacher and then also a coach that they put so much pressure on that. And if it doesn't go well, they they want to blame. And this isn't everyone. I'm really I'm not trying to offend people here. Um, but certain ones are looking for people to blame if they're not the best or they're not successful. But essentially, that's not what it's about. It's not, it's about equipping our young individuals to be lifelong movers and learners and be successful and happy in life. It's not about winning a under 12 premiership or something like that, is it? Like, but when you're caught up in the moment, it's very hard to see that for parents. It really is. But I'll tell you, Dale, this is a great way to introduce this. There's a way and there are steps that we can take to change that philosophy and that mindset. And one of it is what coaches do, empower players, empower kids to take ownership of their own success. And what I mean by that is, let's take what I, the aforementioned four components to them playing in sports. Hey, mom, dad, hey, when you go watch and play, just be happy for my me and my team competing. Don't critique everything that I do. Guess what? I'm already doing that. My teammates <laughs> are already doing that. The coach is already doing that. Now you're doing that. Just be proud of what we're doing. Sends a message to the parents. Hey, I'm just going to support my child. Then the other is for the kids that are maybe having struggles with their coaches. Hey, empower your coach to be a better coach. And you say, hey, coach, what do I need to do to contribute to the success of this team? Meaning I'm asking you to help me be a better player. Now your responsibility is to make me a better player. Now that coach has to take ownership of that. And then he also defines whether he's a good coach or not. Because if he <laughs> doesn't know how to do that, you better get out of the business. But those for me, that's how I've coached for 30 years is I've empowered kids and I challenged them to challenge me as a coach. Because if you're not better, I'm not a good coach. So my job is to make sure that every player from the from the first player on the team to the last player on the team, every single player is better to, than the day they came in that, to that gym. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I really like that. And realistically, it comes back to every aspect. Like, And it's not just a player. It's not just a coach. It's a families. It, it, they all contribute to the overall product. Um, a lot of things you just mentioned there come back to, you know, being confident enough or having having the the guts, I suppose, to be brave enough to ask a question, you know, like you just said. Um, but then again, it's asking a quality question. And essentially, that's what coaching is, isn't it? The questions we ask to challenge have to be good. Yes, they really do. We just can't say, hey, coach, I want to. You, If you're specific, you have to know what your goals are in order to ask for help, right? Just go, hey, coach, I want to be better. Yeah, okay, well, everybody wants to be better. How do you want to be better? You know, what is it that you think you need? I know I can tell you what I think you need to work on, but you have other things that you want to work on. We work together. I help you get better at what you want and also help you get better at things that you don't realize that you need to get better at. Now we're working collectively and we're also building your confidence. So now when you go into any other aspect of your life, you're going to have the tools that you need to overcome any obstacles that you may face. Oh, and that's, that's what I love. It's uh, it's underlying things that you get that you don't realize. It's like when people sign up for a gym, they want to lose weight, but it's everything else that comes with that, the confidence, the self-esteem, feeling good about yourself. And essentially, that's what coaching is. You don't realize the impact that you're having. You're planting a seed that will sprout long and long afterwards. Um, is that, you know, where you're, you're 
is that something you do at the start of each season with your players, Coach T? Do you do you have certain ways to, you know, organize goals or a purpose or a common understanding for each individual to strive towards? Well, for us, it is all about one concept, team before self. If you put the team before yourself, any and everything that we do will always be about team. And so it's like when you're growing up, you're a kid. Remember, your parents always had rules for this, rules for that, rules for this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Well, when you use that concept and that philosophy, there are very few rules because everything that you do contributes to the success of the team. And then in the individual aspects of it, whatever each player brings individually contributes to the team. And that has always been my philosophy from day one till the end of the season, repeating the same thing over and over and limiting the rules and the uh, expectations. You know, you keep it very generalized because now you don't have to remember what you told them. And they'll go, well, we got 25 rules. We got to remember. No, we have one team before self. Unselfish play will always lead to a successful season, whether you win or lose, because you're all working together. And that's ultimately what you want to happen. Bang. That is spot on. And that narrative is in life. And essentially people could relate this back to kindness or giving or whatever you want, that you change the narrative from how is this going to help me to how is this going to help us? Um, so simple, but so it's so hard for a lot of people to con like get their head around that, Coach T. Well, you're right, Dale. And that's what frustrates me when I watch kids, because uh, I, I, you know, I have a, a nonprofit where I train kids and I go watch them play. And I'm like, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, how is it? it? And it frustrates me because I know what the kids are capable of, but their coach doesn't allow them to showcase the skills that they have, which goes back to why it's so hard for kids. You build a confidence, then you put them in an environment where they're not allowed to showcase those skills. And that's the cycle where I feel like we we're talking earlier about how sports have changed so much is coaches are losing sight of their roles and their ultimate goals, which is to help young people become better in every facet of their lives. And we do it through sport because what you do in sports emulates itself in real life. And you made perfect example. You get in job. It's all about working together as a team. Your boss wants you to be a team leader. Then that means those people under you are counting on you to guide and lead them. But you're also wanting to work with them, not just giving direction. And I think that that's a big part of why young people struggle. But it also doesn't allow them to have a voice when they need to. Yeah, very true. And and their skill sets that we all want that, you know, if you're an employer or just anybody as part of any organization, um, if you don't have the ability to communicate and connect and be part of something, putting yourself and your ego to the side, um, you're going to have a lot of different jobs and probably not enjoy many of them. Like that's just a reality of life or you're going to play tennis or golf because no one's going to want you on their team. Well, you know, you were asking me earlier about how many kids I've in, you know, I've kind of impacted over the years. Well, I always think about different experiences that I've had and how I know that I've gotten through to a young person and not so much just with the sporting part. And I'd love to share this example because I think it's important for people to understand that you'd be surprised how kids want leadership and guidance and direction, even when you don't think they want it. Uh, there was a young man that I was, that was training. He's a freshman in high school unbelievable talent unbelievable talent but he had this little chip on his shoulder and he'd already thought he was the greatest thing and we had what we call an open gym session it was co-ed open gym boys and girls high school and he was playing very selfishly well the environment that we have as i mentioned before it's all about team before self 
the other kids started getting a little frustrated and they were reminding him, Hey man, we play as a team. We were play as a team. He didn't say anything. And I wanted the kids to take ownership of that environment. Not me just go, Hey, we do this because I wanted him to understand. It's not just about me. It's about all of us. Well, they were doing it. He wasn't catching on. So I stepped in and pulled him to the side and say, Hey, here's how this works. This is a team environment. This is what we do. And I could tell he didn't care much for it. And I said, basically, if you <laughs> want to be here, this is how you have to, you know, uh, compete. Well, I didn't see him for like three months. He didn't come back. We had this weekly, didn't come for three months. I didn't reach out to him because my message was clear. This is the, this is the environment we're going to have three months later. He shows up one week out of nowhere. I never said a word to him about it. Never brought up what had happened. And to this day, he and I are like best friends. Now he's now 22 years old. And I went to watch him play, turn a great player, turn into a great mentor for the younger kids. And my message there, what I love to share with your listeners is young people, what he learned in that moment was, man, this guy cares about me. He cares so much about me. He's being tough on me and he could care less if I come back. But then I come back and he doesn't berate me, doesn't tell me I told you so. He just keeps treating me just like anybody else that comes along. And that is what coaches are supposed to do. The lesson was taught when he left and he thought about it for three weeks, three months. And then he came back and goes, I need to be in that environment because it's going to make me better. And he's been on a, uh, my podcast. I've had him on my podcast and just a phenomenal young man now. But that's just a perfect example of what young what coaches can do to uh, in the lives of young people. Planting seeds, Coach T, that's what that is. And uh, everybody's seeds grow at different paces. Uh, you know, right. so like that could have been six years or three months or whatever it was. Um, but it's you, you can't allow a seed to grow. And essentially you told him, you educated him, and you showed you cared, but it's on the player, the individual, to be the one, isn't it? Yeah, it's 100% right. And I got goosebumps telling that story because it's truly why I do what I do because I realize to your point, some kids get it right away and some take time. And as long as if you're a really good coach, you're patient and you understand that part of your job is to understand what makes a player, how to connect with them. And sometimes it happens immediately. Sometimes it takes time. And if you're willing to put in that work and pull out that greatness that's wrapped up inside of them, Man, I tell you, once you see it, it's it's unbelievable experience. Um, and lovely story. I really appreciate you sharing that. What? Uh, how did it? Obviously, sharing that now still makes you feel good. How did it make you feel that you know after the three months when he walked back into the gym? Like, what was what was that like? Oh, yeah, it's funny. You, nobody's ever asked me that. But to be honest with you, Dale. What I felt was he understood. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I learned as a coach, it's like, hey, you know, because I don't like being that way. It takes a lot for me to be that way because of how I coach. Kids understand that I'm very open, very honest. You can ask me anything. I can ask you anything. But it made me realize that I can be that tough coach earlier and don't have to worry about having my buttons pushed. And sometimes you got to push those kids and let them know where they stand early on, just like anything else, setting those boundaries. And I realized that I can coach different the same way, but maybe change how I approach it. But it was it was still a great feeling. I, I on the inside I was gleaming. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad he's back here because I knew he needed it. Yeah. And and I think that's a great example as well that uh and what I was trying to make earlier about the way coaching has changed, that not one human being on this planet needs the same thing or is the same. Um, so the way that you interacted with him was ideal and what he needed at that time whereas other people in your team don't need that they need other skill sets and essentially that's 
do you have ways? And obviously after 30 years, you can read somebody very well and guess each coach T, but um, how do you go about forming those connections and understanding personality types and different things about each individual? Well, oh, well, I tell you what, you're a great host because you gave you set me up great here. Set me up great <laughs> Sorry, here. Mate. I'm yeah. really no, interested. This is great. <laughs> I'm really interested though. Like I, I think like it really I'm I'm really fascinated about quality questions and understanding individuals. Um and yes. obviously the more you do it, the better you get at it, but it's still something you have to work at. Um and if you get it right at the start, it makes things a lot easier. If you don't, you you know, you're backtraddling really hard. Yeah, you are. But it goes back to that word I was saying earlier about empowerment. You know, when when you're working with young people, if you empower them from the very beginning and let them know that you're going to allow them to be trusted and until they give you a reason not to. And uh, two years ago, I had a perfect example and team us coaching seventh and eighth grade boys, which is our quote unquote varsity because school only goes to eighth grade and team before self, as I said, well, we had a kid that broke a team rule. I knew nothing about it until two of the eighth graders came and told me about it the next day. Say, hey, Coach T, we had a kid that broke rule. I'm like, all right. My response was, what are we going to do yeah, about it? Good. And they said, uh, you're going to love this. They said, make him sit in the bleachers and watch us run for his mistake. Oh, and I said, that's given me goosebumps. That, that's given yeah. me goosebumps. <laughs> True story. And I, and I, in my, re, my response, I had to, I kind of had to hold back my emotion. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, that's, I'll accept that. I say, you know, I like that so much. I'm going to use that as my punishment. And if you guys want to apply any other disciplinary action, that'll be on you as a team to decide. So to keep transparency, pull the young man over, said, listen, here's what transpired is, did you or did you not do X, Y, or Z? And he admitted it. And I say, well, here's what you're going to do. Sit there and watch the boys run. And I typically don't do the punishment running thing. I don't believe in that. I believe in everything should be a part of the game because um, everybody puts forth the effort. But in this situation, I had to make a point. So I had the kids run, run, run. And I mean, I actually had to go over what I felt bad doing it, you know, but, but they they pretty much made the decision. So at the end of practice, they had a, about a 10 minute team meeting without me. And they came back and they said, Coach, we've talked about it. And we decided for our next game, which happened to be our alumni game, this young man would not get to play, nor would he get to dress out with the team. But he could sit on the bench. And I'm like, whoa. I'm saying, uh, this is talk about taking ownership. So I asked the young man, I said, you understand what's transpiring here? He goes, yes. And I said, what are you going to do now? He goes, when I get home, tell my parents why I'm not going to be playing in the next game. And he never, you know, I never heard from the parents. Nobody complained, not one person. The kids never brought it back up. We kept playing. We ended up having an undefeated season, won the championship. And that, that incident brought the team closer together, in my opinion, because they held each other accountable. Responsibility, teamwork, communication, and accountability all in one incident. Yeah, that is particularly for eight, eighth graders. Do you know what I mean? And I eighth think grade, seventh and eighth grade, 13, that... 14 year olds. That's, uh, do you know what I mean? You, I still see adults now that are not accountable or couldn't do something like that, but that's the power of sport. Not only the power of sport, Coach T, but when you create an environment that empowers and allows that to happen, that is, mate, like your story before about, you know, the planting the seed when, when he came back three months, that, that was good, but that story, that, do you know what I mean? Like that's your job. He, he, essentially as a coach, your job's not to do that. Your job's to allow them to take ownership. And that's what they did. You must have been doing cartwheels on the inside. 
I still am. I mean, I, you know, and well, here's the thing. I, you'll love this. I had to get their permission to tell that story because I, because of what transpired, it wasn't even supposed to be what the, the rule that the young man broke wasn't even supposed to be outside the scope of the team. I wasn't even supposed to tell people what happened. But I told them because of that experience, I said, I'm so proud of you guys for how you handle that. That's something I need to share. So I need your permission to be able to tell that story. And they collectively all said, yeah, and of course, I could have anyway. But I wanted to show that, you know, yeah. I hold true to what I believe in and what I said. So they let me tell that story. And it's one of the proudest moments as a coach that uh, and even though based on the situation, obviously, you don't want bad things to happen. But how they handle it, it's a proud moment for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, that's a fantastic story and one that um, I absolutely love. And I know a lot of teachers and um, parents listen to this podcast, Coach T, and that's what we want. You know, our young men, women, individuals, whoever they are, we want them to be able to own and step up and know what's right or wrong and and be confident to do it. Um, and it doesn't matter what delivery aspect that is. I, I think sport is a great way to do it because there are so many different avenues that you have to bring to the table to get it going right. Um, and when done right and you have a correct created team like that, that's when these things come to fruition. You know, it's not, it's not out, you know, at the mall or it's not at the movies or it's not, you know, online scrolling. These are things that when you get face to face and part of something, creating it, that it allows it to happen. It really does. And, and to add one point to your your uh, your point you just made about, you know, kids going to the mall or hanging out here. Well, you know, we were, we were very successful, had a really good program. The kids were reaching out to the other. Hey, let's get together and work with Coach T on the weekend. Let's get together. I'm like, well, you could be out hanging out with your friends. You want to be in the gym in the off season and get ready for the next season. And I'm like, as a coach, you're like, you talk about taking ownership. They're holding <laughs> me accountable now. And your point if a coach is held accountable some coaches don't know how to and i think this is part of what our conversation is too is for coaches that are out there it's not always all about you mm. and as long as you understand that it's not about how many games you win and making sure that everybody knows that when you flex your authoritative muscle that you remind us that you're in charge your title is coach that's a leadership role that doesn't mean that you have to bark orders all the time. That just means that you are the leader of the team. And how do you lead to lead your players to be successful in their sport, but also outside of their sport? Oh, I'm uh, I'm sitting here. I don't even like making uh, podcasts about me, Tom, but um, I've got a couple of young boys, two and a half and eight months. And what you just said there, as a parent, I needed to hear. Um, I've been away a lot lately working. And when I've come home, I've been jet lagged and, um, I've made things about me, about my career. And what you've just said, it's not about that. It's about the family first. And I, it's funny when you're in a situation, you don't know what you need to hear and it comes across in different ways if you're open to it. And that's the beauty right. of coaching, isn't it? Like what you've just said there really resonated with me because there's been things I've been doing that have not been putting our family first. And I've been a bit selfish talking about myself and how it's making me feel. And that's not helping my wife or my boys. Um, and like a coach or anybody, unless you're accountable and can own that and are open to the idea, you're not going to grow and neither will your team. Yeah. And I think uh, to, to really make you understand and you make a valid point and it's great that I'm able to provide it in a different uh, pers from a different perspective, because number one, I don't have children. My wife and I weren't able to have children of our own. And my father was uh, my, not my biological father, but he was a man that made a difference in my life. And he's a reason that you and I are having this conversation today. 
And he served 30 years in the United States Marine Corps, served two tours in Vietnam. And unfortunately, we lost him in 1996 to leukemia from Agent Orange. But uh, my nonprofit is named in his honor. And I tell you all that because my perspective is different. I appreciate what I have because of what I could have had or could not have had. And I relish every opportunity to make a difference in a child's life. And if I can share that message, um, I feel like I wasn't blessed with children of my own because the man upstairs said, you have a gift and a talent that I want you to impact more kids. And I take that to heart every day. And it truly is what makes things simple for me and able for me to put forth the maximum effort and for me to keep a positive attitude about what I do. Oh, now that and uh, the way that was that hard to uh, was was that the way you just put that there, Coach T, sounds really simple. But how hard was that for you to realize that that you're you're calling um, and you know sort of be happy with that or, or accept it? Did, was that really like because? You know, I, I I was fortunate. I, I count my blessings. I know I'm very lucky to be able to ha be a father. Um, you've essentially a father to so many with, with the 30 years of what you've done. But to change that mindset, I'm guessing that wasn't always easy. No, it was not, Dale. And, and like I said, I think for me, the decision uh, for us to stop trying really was because you know, as well as I do, when you commit yourself to your soulmate, you want to make sure that you protect them and keep them safe. And, you know, after going through what we went through, it was about, hey, I want to make sure that you and I are together for life for the rest of our lives. And for us to go through this, there's a reason and everything happens for a reason. And we just made it, may had an understanding. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. There are other things in the works for us. And when I started this nonprofit, I mulled for years. I'm like, there's got to be something, got to be something. And as soon as I said I wanted to honor my father because this, I wouldn't be in doing what I do if it weren't for him. And as soon as I realized that and I started this nonprofit and it started to grow, the, a light bulb went off maybe the third year. I was like, this is what I was meant to do. This is why I don't have kids because I would not be able to commit the time that I have had I had kids of my own, but I also, I'm not going to lie to you. There are times where I look at these kids and I was like, man, you could have been my son or you could have been my daughter just because of how you interact with them. And there are some kids that I've worked with and they're like kids to me. And, and I have that kind of relationship with them. It, it, that's admirable the way you've been able to do that. And um, very hard though, when you're in that situation and the narrative isn't what you, it's not fair. Do you know what I mean? Like that narrative isn't fair, but you've been able to change your direction and story and that purpose has come. How long from, you know, sitting in that to figuring that out? Like, was that, it was an easy thing or was that, that would have been pretty tough, I'm guessing. Oh, it really was because I, I think it's one of those things, number one, for my wife and I to sit and go, okay, well, do we try again? Or, you know, it's like, what about the emotional effect on my wife, you know, and then, you know, the physical aspects of it, the psychological effect is having, um, and always there is the support. I mean, I have the greatest wife in the world and she's been a, is a phenomenal supporter, but it took a few years to be honest with you, because, you know, you sit there and you always go, what could have been. And I would be lying if I didn't say, if things had happened, we would have a 13, 14 year old, or we'd have two teenagers right now, that kind of thing. But that passes really quickly because going back to the simplicity, I have a goal. I have a mission. I have a dream of impacting and getting kids back to where they need to be. And part of this discussion is really important. Kids are losing their way because they're expected to do so much so early 
and are not given the guidance and the tools to be successful. And there are not enough people stepping up. There are more people complaining about these kids. Oh, they're selfish. They're arrogant. They're too busy. This. Well, what are you doing to contribute to the success of that and change that narrative? Or do you want to be part of the problem? And I choose to be part of the solution. And if it's just me, you, and a handful of people, guess what? We'll still make enough changes in the world that we can positively impact those kids. And they, in turn, will do the same for their peers and the next and the next. So that's always my approach. Oh, well, Coach there've been, you know, the last probably 10 minutes of this conversation, people could take away whatever they wanted from it. But at the end of the day, you've got one opportunity in life. And if you want to waste that or be negative or, you know, pity party, then you bloody will. That's exactly what will happen. But if you want to man up, particularly as a male or a human being and move on and inspire and, and, and have a positive impact, then you can as well. Um, Because we're all dealt things in life that are not fair, but that's why we're dealt with them to either overcome them or if you don't want to overcome them, then you'll never see that joy or the success or, you know, the impact that you're having Um, is, do you try and, I know, we haven't spoken like that, but that's essentially what your message is. Yes, you're doing it through coaching, but it's such a bigger picture. It is. You think about it. You said it earlier. Everybody does things differently. Everybody's not a coach. People do different things, but everybody's coaching in their own way. Everybody's making a difference in somebody's life in, in their own way. Somebody's contributing and committing themselves to one job or one uh, career or industry to impact other people. We choose to do it in an arena that's the most important and that's the next generation of leaders because if we don't prepare them to be leaders they won't be leaders and we already know where our society and our world is right now it's in such disarray and, and don't get me started on what's happening here in the united states is such a mess but <laughs> um <laughs> if but i'll be honest with you this next generation of leaders is a very energetic positive caring they want to make a change but they don't have enough voices. They're not enough platforms to share their voice. And they need coaches like ourselves that allow them to do that and showcase their skills and show their leadership abilities. And not only that, they're athletic and then their, their con contribution, not only to their school environments, but ultimately to society once they get out of school, you know, high school, college. Uh, and and very true. And, and one of the ways you're doing that isn't just through your coaching, but through your podcast. And obviously there's so many podcasts out there at the moment, Coach T, and we've got one here and I've got another one. Like Everyone's got a podcast, but I really resonate with the one, you know, yours around kids, teen speak, you know, where you're, and like you just said, with that uh, individual that left the gym three months later, he shared his story now. Um, how impactful is that when you can share young individual story um, because then other individuals can relate to that. They can hear the highs and lows, the positives, the negatives, the triumphs, the, the ways they've bounced back if they were vulnerable, different, different situations. And that's how people learn. Um, how have you grown from doing that podcast? And not only that, how exciting is it when you can see the opportunity you're giving young people the voice to share things that we've just spoken about oh it is beyond uh it's like through the through the roof i mean when you as a coach you know as well as i do when you're working with kids you don't want to always be the voice in the, the only voice in the room right so uh keith sunger is my co-host he's also a youth empowerment coach he lives in new york i'm in north carolina and we connected he asked me about doing his podcast i'm like great 
And we thought it'd be kind of difficult. You know, kids don't want to get on, talk to a bunch of old guys and talk about (laughs) whatever problems or whatever. But what we found out, Dale, here's the greatest thing about it. The kids have to reach out to us and fill out a form. We don't go to them. They come to us. So there's no pressure. That's the first thing that's really important. The second is they fill out a form. They tell us what they want to talk about. So they determine what the topic is going to be. And then we have some filler questions where it makes it easier. We have conversations just like you and I. It's not scripted. And there's one main topic they want to talk about. And we lead up to that. But the most important thing and the best thing about it is what we found out is all the kids get on nervous. And we've had a fourth grader. We've had um, we've had middle schoolers, sixth graders. We've had ninth graders, 10th. We've had a couple of college students on. And we had a young lady from uh, England on and also a young lady from uh, Australia on as well. And what we found out is once we start having conversations, they open up and it's almost like we can't end the conversation. And we tell them the less we talk, the better the show. And these kids are coming with great topics. And I'd love to share a couple. We just said did one recently with a young lady who's a rising sophomore, all-American fencer from Northwestern University. And she came on to talk about body shaming and such a powerful uh, topic she wrote an op-ed and she has young girls coming up to her to this day telling her how powerful it was for her to for for them to read that and realize that they she what that they weren't the only ones going through what she was going through and we've had kids talking about bullying depression uh mental illness uh, mental health issues um athletes college athletes and dealing with athletic injuries and so forth and the fourth grade young lady was talking about bullying. She stood up to a bully for her friend in the fourth grade. And so these are the kind of kids that we have on. And as a coach and a youth empowerment coach and a youth leadership coach, nothing makes you feel better to know that you can sit back and have kids come share their issues with you that not only can you help them with, but somebody's listening that's going through that. And that's how we can uh, exponentially reach more kids and empower more kids. That is great. And because they're, they're topics and discussions that we hear all the time. Um, and you're essentially allowing a voice and a safe place for them to share that. And the best thing with podcasting or a lot of things, you know, you do these days is you don't actually know the impact always that it's having on people. Um, and I think more importantly, by allowing a safe space for that young athlete to share their story, it's actually allowing them to grow and develop as well. Um, so there's so many positives with that. I love it. Oh, it's all about late. I mean, it's about leadership and and the kids, man. I tell you, the next thing they do, they by the time they get off, they say we're going to tell our friends. We're going to tell our friends, and we now we've gotten kids just coming in, and we're our goal is actually to take the podcast on the road and actually go to schools and do it live in schools and wow. be able to have more kids come on and share their voice at one time. I think that's even more impactful. So that's that's our ultimate goal is, is to take it on the road. I I love that because anything when you can get face-to-face in the room and people can see the raw emotion, not just hear it. And I'm sure people would have been able to hear different things today. And we're very fortunate. We are both present. We're both sitting here and we're having a really good conversation. Um, but with podcasting, some people might be swimming, riding, rowing, driving, walking. Do you know what I mean? They've probably got other things going on. So they're not as fully invested as what we are right now having this conversation. But when you are in a room, you've got nowhere else to be and you can feel it. So I think that's a great end goal for you. Oh, it really is. And I tell you, we've had we have a couple others coming up. And uh, to your point, 
the great thing about podcasts too is like you said, you could be busy doing something once, but there may be something that resonates with you as you're listening to it. Like, Hey, I got to go back and listen to that a little bit more. I like that. Or there may be something. And that's what I think these podcasts do a lot of. And and like you having, you have, you I think you mentioned you have more than one podcast that yeah. you have more than one. Yeah. And yes, it takes a lot of work, but you love doing it. And I can tell just by how this uh, episode is going, you love what you do and you do it well. You know, you're making a difference and you're bringing on people that make a difference. And I think that's the other part that's important too, Dale, is everybody and their grandmother can have a podcast. But if your podcast is not making a difference, you're just wasting space for somebody else that could be doing something. Somebody could be listening to something that makes more of a difference. And a podcast like this is one that a lot of people need to listen to. Oh, Coach, I really appreciate that, mate. Now, we're talking about podcasts. Also, reading books is something that we all need to do. Um, and I just want to talk about this. We've gone off and and that's it. Oh, I love doing, as you <laughs> say, I love doing this because when you allow a conversation to flow, it goes in a completely different direction than I thought it would. And that's great because that's what we needed to talk about today. But um, you've just brought out a new book, The Ultimate Guide to Success for Preteens and Teens. Do you want to explain a little bit about this and where we can get it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's based on those three things I talked about. Uh, the C of success is what I call it. The C is an acronym, S-E-A, simplicity, effort, and attitude of success for preteens and teens. And it's utilizing those three steps, simplicity, effort, and attitude in 11 different soft skill areas that kids need to be successful that they're not getting in school on a regular basis. We talk about, and some of them just give you an idea, goal setting, responsibility, accountability, leadership, communication, character building, um, all of those and others, conflict resolution, and applying simplicity, effort, and attitude to each. And it breaks down in the book how to apply those. But it's also not just for kids, it's for parents as well, because it's a great resource for parents to help them understand that you're not by yourself. And I think this is something that's really important too, is coaches provide a support system for parents. And a lot of parents think that they have all the answers. Well, what they don't realize, and you probably can attest to this too, and this is something that I've known, I've learned over my 30 plus years, kids will share more with their coach than they ever will with their parents. Because when you build a good relationship and a good rapport with, with your players, they understand that you care about them more than just an athlete. You care about them as a person. And when you they know you care about them as a person, they're open to sharing more about themselves with you. Now you can help guide them with maybe things that are going on at home, not replacing your parents, but supporting your parents. And parents will come and say, well, coach, I told him the same thing, but he wouldn't listen to me. I think <laughs> that's why I'm, but I say, I know that that's why I'm here because I know that I'll say the same thing that you say and they'll listen to me, but guess what that means? That means I'm supporting you. So I'm helping your kid and I'm helping you. And I think that that's what coaches also uh, have a, a, the opportunity to do, too, is to forge a better relationship between kids and their parents and not divide them. Because com some parents think coaches are competition for them. And re in reality, and that's probably, if I were to be honest, it's probably one of my biggest challenges and one of the biggest misconceptions is that as a uh youth personal growth and development coach, parents think that you're a competition for them. My job is to help you the best way that I can. If you're having a problem with your kid and their communication, hey, let's get together and talk about it, figure out what the communication issues are. Well, they don't listen to me. Well, do you have open-ended uh, conversations? Don't say because I told you so. They, always, they expect to hear that. But if you ask, 
because, or you don't want to do this because that starts a conversation. They Now you also let them know that you care about their response. Now they're going to be more willing to have a conversation with you. And those are just some of the things that the book talks about. And this is just what I've done over 30 years. It took me 30 years to figure out that I need to put all that in the book. <laughs> well, it took 30 years to get all the content to put into the book, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like what you just said there, Coach T, it, uh the right question at the right time. And um, when you're in the heat of the moment, particularly as a parent or coach or whatever, you don't always know that, but, you know, having the space and the awareness to want to probably learn or be curious about ways that you can improve. Um, that's what it comes down to. And I know from all your messaging today, yes, you've labeled it as simple, but it's simple because you get it and you know how it works and everything like that. Right. It's not simple. It's not simple if you're just picking it up and, and you know, like you've got to start somewhere and you've got to work at it. And it's not, it's not just something's going to happen overnight. It's a journey. And that's essentially what we're doing, you know, in every aspect of life. Life is a journey, the way we communicate conversations and the way we build relationships. So um, go see, I, I've loved today's chat. It uh, it's ticked so many boxes for me as an individual for things I need to hear, but I'm sure for so many listeners out there as well that um, it may have hit a chord with them, I feel, that there's some area of their life that uh, they probably need to invest a little bit more time in or they could be a little bit neglecting. Um, before we finish up, and I, I thank you, is there anything I've missed today that you think would be really important to summarize, you know, what we've spoken about and, and or like a little truth nugget or wisdom bomb to finish off with yeah actually it's a couple of them it's just, it's just a reminder this is not just for kids but it's for everybody it's just remember it's your attitude almost determines your altitude in life and that is going back to what you said you like the most was the attitude it is the foundation for everybody's success is to keep the right attitude and my other one that i love is to be careful of surrounding yourself with people that are envious of you because you treat them like family but they treat you like competition so that is one of those things that a lot of young people will get caught up in if they're not careful. So everybody has a purpose in your life that's either for a reason or for a season. And it's up to you to determine where that is. Oh, I think um, what you've just mentioned there as well about surrounding yourself with uh, people who are going to allow you to grow. Sometimes we don't we don't want to admit that somebody isn't allowing us to grow. And it's, sometimes it's easier just to keep them around, but that's not serving anyone. No, that it's actually slowing down your progress to success because you're making time for somebody that's holding you back. Yeah, so true. Well, that's what a lovely way to finish. Now, before we go, uh, Coach C, where can people find you uh, to get your book, to listen to your podcast, to reach out and say, what a bloody amazing human you are? <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, Dale. But first and foremost, thank you so much for this uh, conversation. Like I said, any opportunity I get to share, this is probably one of the best ones I've had. And I love just an open conversation that goes in a lot of different directions because it gives you opportunity to maybe pull on things I hadn't thought about. And you've asked some great questions. So I do appreciate that. Um, the way to get in contact with me, obviously, my website, coachteescorner.com. Obviously, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. Uh, where else am I? Good Lord, am I the uh, YouTube channel? I have a YouTube channel as well. But also uh, our Teen Speak Empowering Today's Youth is uh, a podcast. And there's a link on my website. If any young people, uh, parents, if you'd love for your teen or your preteen to be a guest, there's a link on there. Be a guest on Teen Speak. Fill that out. Would love to hear from you. And uh, thank you so much again. I really do appreciate the opportunity, Dale.
My pleasure, Coach T. And I'll, uh, for listeners out there, um, if you're driving, obviously you don't want to do this, but if you go to episode number 309, I'll have links for everything that Coach T just mentioned there. Um, so you can go and check it out. And not only that, reach out to him and thank him for his time today because uh, I'm very fortunate. I get to chat with some uh, absolute legends. But uh, today, you know, when you get surprised and today surprised me in a really good way, um, I've grown as an individual and I really thank you for that. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And I'm glad that I was able to just share something, uh, something positive with you.